stops for exclusive interviews. We're joined by uh, UCO head coach Nick Norman. Coach, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. You know, the, the, the number one thing is you, we, we, we have core values that we, we believe in very much here, here at UCO. Number one is trust. We are joined by University of Central Oklahoma Safety, uh, O'Shea Harris, who was recently named second team All-American this week. O'Shea, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. It shows that all the hard work I've been putting in over the last couple years finally paid off. I went from my registered freshman year feeling like I should play, but I wasn't quite ready to just work and do whatever I could in the summertime on the way room, taking everything serious, and then it all finally paying off. I just... I just know it's more I game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG you're listening to The Cho Show, only on theswabreport.com. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cho Show Podcast here on theswabreport.com and Spotify. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth, and I know it has been a long minute uh, since I have been on here, I believe the last episode was the interview with Derek Loxton, which again, you have not seen that or listened to it. Rather, I encourage you to do so. It was a very powerful interview, and uh, it, it definitely, I would say, would have to be the highlight so far of the podcast. But we are, we are, we are back because there is news across a good majority of UCL sports, but as you know, this is a football-driven podcast, so that must mean there is news in the football department. And I am here to tell you that there is huge, huge, huge news coming out of the UCO football program today, uh, literally hours ago. Uh, and it is uh, it's pretty big time. So before we get into that... As we, as we always do, we're going to start off with other UCO sports happenings on the volleyball front. Uh, the American Volleyball Coaches Association, along with the United States Marine Corps, announced that for the 7th consecutive year, the UCO volleyball team has earned the Team Academic Award for its 3.70 combined grade point average. Uh, UCO and its 15 student athletes boasted a 3.70 GPA for uh, the 2019-2020 academic year. The award recognizes teams that have at least a combined 3.30 GPA for the entire school year. Central Central earned this award for the first time in 2013-14 and has done so every year since. So I want to give head coach Edgar Mericue and his Broncos there a huge round of round of applause because that that right there is big time getting it done on and off the court on uh, women's golf women's golf coaches association uh announced its 2019 2020 all scholar team gpa award with uco 
ranking third in the country with its 3.82 mark. Central Oklahoma seven-person squad boasted a 3.82 GPA for the 2019-2020 academic year. The mark was a mere 0.09 points behind the NCAA Division II leader and was the highest mark of any school in the Mid-America Intercollegiate Athletics Association, also known as the MIAA. The third place ranking in the country is the highest ranking ever for the women's golf program, which begins in four of the seven women on the roster, four of those carried a perfect 4.0 this season. So again, I want to give, I believe it is Michael Bond and his golf team there. Again, we just, we always come on here, we always talk about the on the field play, but uh, it, it, is, it is equally, if not more important to get it done in the classroom. And I, I'm glad here that we are getting it done indeed in the classroom. Now on the tennis front, uh, a soon-to-be Bronco made a big splash in the Intercollegiate Tennis Association's Summer Circuit at the Barnes Tennis Center with UCO incoming freshman Blythe Buntrock taking second in the tournament. Now, if you're, in case you're wondering what the Oracle ITA Summer Circuit is, the, o the Oracle ITA Summer Circuit provides incoming freshmen and collegiate players the chance to compete in the summer months. The events are open due to the NCAA guidelines to all ITA members. The circuit is made up of over 30 events during the summer, concluding with a championship in August. Now, Bunt Rock is a Las Vegas native. Uh, she won her first four matches before falling in the championship. Uh, she, she won 6-3 th uh, and 6-4 in the round of 32. Then she had back-to-back -back comeback victories in both the round of 16 and the quarterfinals. Uh, and then she won 6-3 and 6-1 to reach the championship match where she would fall by a score of 6-2 and 6-4. Uh, she's also a former state champion, so I'm looking forward to seeing what she does here for the bronze and gold because I, 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 I am uh, definitely looking forward to that because that that right there, that right there is big time. And speaking of big time, the University of Oklahoma baseball program, I feel like, I feel like it, it kind of, kind of quietly, you know, kind of under the radar here, which is a crying shame because. Uh, the, the pipeline to the majors continues for UCO. I believe, as, as we will see here, we have, we have another one, another pitcher on top of that. So I'm just saying, if you're a pitcher, UCO might be the place to be because uh, pitching standout Dylan Hall will forego his senior season after signing a free agent contract with the New York Mets. Uh, a six foot five, two hundred twenty-five pound right-hander from Stafford, Virginia. Uh, he was not selected in the five-round major league draft, but was quickly contacted by several teams and opted to sign with the Mets. Now, as you know, his season was cut short in mid-March because of the pandemic. Uh, he was four one with a three point oh uh, ERA and forty-five strikeouts. Wow. Oh, okay. In thirty innings including a school record 14 
and a complete game win over Metro State. Wow. Okay. Th that way, let me let me let me read that again. Uh, Forty-five strikeouts in 30, 30 innings, including a score record fourteen in a complete game. That that is uh wow. I mean, I'm not really a baseball guy here, but th that right there. Okay, that is wow. Okay, that that is impressive. Uh. Anyways, we have a quote here from UCO head coach John Martin. We are very excited for Dylan and the opportunity he is going to have with the Mets and professional baseball. He has been a big part of our success for the past two years and is one of the best pitchers UCO has ever had, but he's an even better person. He has been a great teammate and we wish him all the luck at the next level. Now, this marks the fourth straight year that a UCO pitcher has joined a MLB organization uh, holding caps in 2017 and Austin Lambright in 2018 were both drafted by the Kansas City Royals, while Spencer Van Soyak was picked by the Phillies last year. Uh, now, Hall could have returned for a second try at his senior season in 2021 after the NCAA granted players of spring sports another season of eligibility but decided to go ahead and pursue his pro dreams. Now, Hall started his college career at Virginia Tech, spending two years there before transferring to UCO. He made 16 starts for UCO as a junior in 2019, going eight and four with a 3.22 ERA, while striking out a school record 123 batters and earning first-team All-MIAA and All-Central Region honors. He fanned 168 batters in 21 games, finishing fifth on the school's all-time strikeout list. Now, they, now it, um, we, we mentioned here earlier, we talked about, you know, holding caps, Austin Lambright, right, and and, and uh, Van Soyog here were drafted. Okay, let, let me, again, what I just, the, the numbers here, are staggered. We're talking about in, tw in 21 games. The man did this in 21 games. That is, uh, I mean, you're talking about, you know, he came, he saw, he conquered, and he left. That's, uh, that is exactly what Dylan Hall did here. That, uh, that is okay. Well, uh, so I wish Dylan Hall the best of luck at the next level, and I want to congratulate again baseball program and head coach John Martin because I. I I should say what you will. This man obviously knows pitchers when he sees it because uh, the, the the track record here speaks for itself. So I don't know who's next in line, but uh, they got some they got some big cleats to fill. I'm gonna just be uh, just be honest here. They got some big cleats to fill uh, on the rowing front. Uh, we have multi-sport standout Bailey Thomas was named. Cosida All-American, continuing a years-long tradition of Broncos receiving the highly touted postseason honor. Uh, she lettered in both track and field and rowing. So I, that, that right there is impressive. Uh, was the first team All-American by the Sports Information Director's National Organization. Uh, the Wagner native graduated this spring with a bachelor's degree. She majored in forensic science and psychology while minoring in sociology and graduated with a 4.0. Wow. 
Wow. Okay, that uh, boy, that is big time. I feel like I feel like I'm sounding like like a broken record here, and uh, I'm gonna have to repeat that claim again with the next topic after I finish up here with Miss Thomas. But uh, just big time again on and off the field. Uh, Thomas has 25 top 10 finishes and three victories in various track and field events, including a school record in the distance medley, and is also a national champion on the water, helping the Broncos varsity eight-plus boat to a title in 2019. He also has two national championship rings with the rowing team. I see that he's the 25th student athlete from UCO to receive the award since 1992, and the 10th to do so in the past five years. She is the second rower to earn honors. So to Billy Thomas, we wish her congratulations and the best of luck in her career field. Because again, big time. Now, on the men's basketball front, first one to wish a happy belated birthday to head coach Bob Hoffman. I believe it was Saturday or Sunday. It's sometime this, this past week, and I know it's on Twitter. So I do want to wish him a, a happy birthday because again, as I have been repeating here, probably the past couple of times, I gave you a men's basketball update. Ended the season strong. Uh, I, I think you have some real talent returning. Uh, DJ Basie at center. I, I'm getting some Kadeem Latin vibes. If you people here, uh, Kadeem Latin vibes. I, I just, just a high energy man and tall, lanky, can 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 block shots here. I, I and then they added a great signing class. I know we have some guys off red shirts. I think one, I think I believe his name is Shamar Griffith, my man James D. Jackson, uh, who is now with the again with the with the Daily Daily Oklahoma here, has informed me he's the real deal. So uh if that is the case, and then we added a couple, I know we added a transfer from Stetson and some high quality freshmen. So uh, again, the basketball program looking bright under Bob Hoffman, but in the other basketball news. The National Association of Basketball Coaches announced its 2019-2020 Honors Court for recognizing men's basketball student athletes around the country for their work in the classroom, and three UCO Broncos made the list. Now, those being Cooper Clark, Isaiah Wade, and Deshaun McDowell. Clark graduated this spring with a bachelor's degree majoring in physical education and i believe if i'm not mistaken here i think he uh is now an assistant basketball coach at is it edmund memorial or north one of the two but i i, I do recall saying that he um that he is i think he's uh, gonna be the, the the freshman coach but i know for a fact that he is a assistant coach with one of the i believe it is edmund north one of the two but anyways, I want to wish him a, a, a congratulations there because, uh, again, Cooper Clark was a solid, a solid player, but always got it, got it done in the classroom. And so I, 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 I'm happy for the kids that get to learn under him because they're getting a good one there. And Cooper Clark, <clears throat> um, Wade will be a senior this coming fall, as will McDowell. Both are general study majors in order to be named to the NABC Honors Course, student athletes must meet a high standard of minimum requirements 
It only goes to juniors or seniors with a 3.2 GPA average who have spent at least one year at the institution. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, McDowell was a guy here. Uh, I at times put the team on his back. I mean that wholeheartedly. Put the team on his back. I think it was the overtime game against OBU that I went to, where he played was it forty was it forty eight minutes for the game with double overtime. The man played some outrageous number of minutes and was still effective. So uh, again, I want to give a congratulations to to those three. And uh, again, really looking forward to it. And hopefully, we have the season. Really look, looking forward to it because I, I was excited uh, about the future there of the Bronco men's basketball. Now, on to the football news. Okay, we have, before we get to the main news, we got other news. I want to start off here by congratulating a avid listener of the podcast here. That is former UCO All-Conference Center, Nick George, who just graduated. Uh, he is now the offensive line coach of OCA. So I want to I wish Nick there a... Uh, Congratulations on that job because I uh, now they OCA. I also have a former teacher of mine, um, Daryl, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Roberts, who taught me 12th grade English at Mount St. Mary's. I believe he is now the assistant principal there. So, uh, I, I, I'm wishing Nick George the best of luck here. I know we've had several, um, Players go be coaches in the high school ranks. You have, um, oh, you have a son of a gun. Um, offensive line coach at Norman. Is it? I, 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 yeah, I see the face. I see the face. I'm forgetting his name. I, I want to say it's Sam Noble. I could be wrong. But in any case, and then you also have. Malik Walker, who is the DB coach, and I believe is Broken Arrows. I think he actually won a state championship there last year. Uh, so, uh, so again, you know, it, it's it's really good to see that uh, that they're getting these 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 jobs here right off the bat. At I think that's a test here to the uh, to uh, the uh, smarts and and the fact that they have been well coached in college under. Nick Bobek and his staff. Now, on the other front here, this actually affects probably a lot of sports, but I'm going to mainly focus on on football here because the MIAA, now earlier, earlier, they had announced that they were cutting the first game of the season for every team. So in that, that way, instead of having uh, 11 games, it was only going to be 10. Well, recently, as I believe actually was like literally the other day, uh, they decided to cut a couple more games because the MIAA announced Monday, I guess it would have been last Monday, that all sports will be postponed due to the current global health crisis. No official practice will be allowed to begin prior to August 31st, and no official competition will be allowed prior to September 28th. Now, there will not be a shifting of the fall schedule. Rather, the schedule will pick up the week of September 28th. The conference announced game schedule prior to that date can be made up later in the fall semester or in the spring if possible. Now, this will cost UCO football three games 
Uh, the Broncos will now open the home against Emporia State on Saturday, October 3rd. Soccer will open a day earlier in Hayes, Kansas against Fort Hayes State. And volleyball will be first out of the gate Tuesday, September 29th at Missouri Southern. Uh, now, the postponement uh, also affects cross-country men's, women's golf, and women's tennis. It does not, it does not affect the four winter sports, which is basketball, wrestling, and indoor track and field. Now, in case you're wondering here what games are lost now, that will be the home opener against Central Missouri, which was scheduled for the September 12th. Uh, and then two road matchups against Missouri Western and Missouri Southern. So that would mean the remaining schedule would be October 3rd at home against Emporia. Then you have the goal to they, they travel to Lincoln. Then they host on West Missouri State, travel to Kearney, host Fort Hayes. Travel to Washburn and then get Northeastern State at home again this year for senior night. Uh, now, we're looking at the games that we lost on the schedule here. The only one I'm really upset about, if we're being honest here, is probably Missouri Southern because uh, it was usually 10 to end in dominant wins for UCO. Now, um, you know, obviously, you would like to have played, you know, full seasons worth. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's what we're looking like here. We're looking like, so we go home away, home away, home away, home. So, and also, so we are playing Northeastern State at home again and Fort Hayes at home again. So, uh, definitely interesting there. Um, I'm curious to see how this is going to, going to go because, especially if it comes to playoff seeding and such, um, because of the fact here... That if other conferences are playing the full allotment here, you know, I, I just really wonder how this affects playoff seeding and or possible bowls. Um, because you would have had you know, three less games than other teams in the conference. So, you know, I, 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 I don't really know how it's going to go. It's going to be interesting uh, to see there. Now, for the main reason why I came on here. Again, now, I woke up this morning, I, I shouldn't say this morning, I woke up this afternoon, and as most people my age range do, we uh, check our phones. And so I was scrolling through my notifications uh, on the Twitter, and I, you know, there was some things from the, from the website that I had to retweet and such. And I came across here a, a retweet from UCO Bronco Football. And it was a tweet from a junior college uh, football account that had said, former last chance you wide receiver Marquise King to match the University of Central Oklahoma. I was like, oh, all right, cool. And I kept scrolling. And I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. I had to backpedal. And when I realized what that said, I immediately, uh, was like, Pfft. so I immediately text man James, asked if he was aware. He was not aware. Well, apparently, did some digging here, but is in fact true that from the last chance you stole wide receiver off of season three, season three, or season, what was season three? Season three, season three of last chance you is indeed taking his talents. 
to UCO. Now this this is huge on many fronts. Okay, um, one Marquis King. Now I know is it is an elite talent because yeah, I believe on the series here he mentions the number of teams that actually were actually offered the man. You know some of them. Uh, elite level programs such as Alabama and whatnot. Now, you might, you, might, you could you could be wondering here, what, well, how, how on earth did he go from that to joining us here in Edmond? Well, I did a little bit of digging here, and according to SaturdayBlitz.com, the five eight receiver with four with four three seven speed. Yeah, four three seven speed. Uh, he signed with Lamar, actually, in 2019, if I recall in the series, I think his grades were not up to par. But then withdrew from Independence in the spring amid some personal issues there, and then that made him eligible for D1. Now, I'm not sure if it is the case of how, you know, Carlos Thompson, how his, his uh, eligibility clock, you know, if a D1 was different, because if you recall how he said how he... He, he literally couldn't go back to D1. He had to go D2 or lower. So I'm not sure if, it, I'm not sure if it's one of these things. I'm thinking it probably is. But regardless, regardless, just a huge pickup here for UCL. Now, if we're looking here, this is also the fourth independence player in the past, past four years, right? You got, you got, that's the fun starts was the first. Again, had that great game against uh, against Washburn last year. I just want to put it out there once again. And then when they hired um, Jesse, <coughs> and I hope I'm saying his name right, uh, Jesse Ornelas. I'm just calling him Jesse O. Then they hired Coach Jesse O. He brought in Mike Pope, and I believe it was Isaac Beverly out of Independence this year. Those are two guys I'm looking forward to seeing because. Uh, both Delta natives are both look really, really impressive, and both come in there at area of knees. Mike Pope on the defensive line, and uh, Beverly on the uh, wide receiver, where his six-three length and trade. Now, if we're looking at the receiving units, okay. Now I know last year. Yeah, we, we had high holes for it. Uh, then we had the injury bug in which we lost Mikhail Hall early on. We lost uh, Tyrone Howell, who is now at, I believe, Hutchison Community College of Kansas uh, early on. Then you had injury, Dustin Boskis limited him. And then I think at some point down the line, really we're only down to, if I recall, that a poor game, they were only down to, uh, Really, I think at 100%, it was probably by Zell, uh, Huddleston, we had Josh Moore, we had Preach. No, it was Preach done. I can't remember because Preach hurt that shoulder. I, it it might have just been Huddleston, Mazel, and uh, Boskis. I feel like that's the case because Dale Richards was also injured in that game. Yeah, I think we only had four guys in that, uh, in that Poirier game, but uh, regardless, if we're looking now, 
Okay, we we, 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 we we talked about now we have a, a healthy kill hall again. I have high hopes for after that dominating into his freshman season. So you have a kill hall returning. You have Zamazota Force returning. You have Dawson Huddleston returning. You have Amante Preach Phillips returning. You have Josh Moore returning. Uh you have Diggle Richards returning. I'll get in if I, if I said them or not. Then you add in uh, Isaac, Isaac Beverly. That is seven. That is seven receivers right there. And then you add in, I think they had a couple red shirts last year. I didn't even call this one from, one from East Central and one from Westmore. Okay, and that goes with nine. And then you add in here, Mr. Marquise King. That, that is 10. That is 10 receivers. Not counting the three, four they signed this year. So, uh, receiving course should be really, 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 really good. Because again here, you're going to kill Hall, Preach, and Beverly, I think they're all six around 6-3, okay? And we know Mikhail Hall's physical. We know Preach is an absolute beast. And, you know, Beverly, I'm curious to see what skill set was. You recall back on signing day, I had said he was a safety uh, coming, coming out of high school there and ended up playing receiver at Juco. So I, I don't know. I'm curious to see what his skill set is. Okay, then you recurrent turn. You're looking at Josh Moore. Okay, now Josh Moore again is a guy that I mentioned before here came on really strong there towards the end of the end of the end of the season. Uh, and then you also have Diego Richards here, who was one of the fastest players in the state at the time that he signed. And Dawson Huddleston is another big guy. Uh around that 6'3, six, 6'4 six, range, had that beautiful one-handed catch. Uh on Sydney, well, shouldn't have called him, should have been a patch and fairness call in the win against Northeastern State there. Uh, and now you're throwing in Marquise King with his 4-3 speed. I mean, we're ever looking for somebody to take the reins here from Dustin Boskis. This is the guy. This is indeed the guy because, uh, yeah, if you watch the documentary, yeah, you would know, you would know the skill set that this man is bringing to the table. Uh, so whoever is a quarterback, whether that be Keith, uh, whether that be Brandon George, Whoever is taking snaps, uh, if the line holds up, and uh, we do got to replace Nick George, uh, and I believe, and Jacob Blair as well, but uh, the receiving court, let me take the, the skill positions, uh, I want to go out on a venture out on the limb, have to be top half of the conference. If we're looking at the receiving core as a whole, I know we're going to be looking at a lot of newcomers here, but I think it has the potential to be the best in the league, if not one of the best in the country. Then you look at the running back room, and again, I have been on the lookout, be on the lookout here also. Um, I do plan at some point to either have an article on the site here uh, about T.J. Roberts because I believe I'm gonna say this here I believe T.J. Roberts is probably the him and him and Shamari Brooks from Tulsa probably the two most underrated backs out of any of the state colleges here uh, because I'm gonna tell you 
Shamari Brooks and carries Tulsa on his back. I mean, it, it, it is it is just unbelievable how much that man carries him on his back. But I, I, James and I, T.J. Roberts is an elite talent. If, if you if you were at that pitch day game last year, and you were there for that touchdown run where he literally drew out everybody in a pitch state uniform for a touchdown. Uh, you, you could see the flashes. Um, and I think a healthy T.J. Roberts, I think also, I think we, that, that kind of gets overlooked here too because I believe we have a healthy T.J. Roberts there. Uh, the ground game probably has a little bit more versatility to it uh, besides a lot of Chandler Garrett runs. Now, you know, again, they have a man, Sable Dings, quality running back. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a guy that I get runs hard every time. Okay, you have Peyton Scott back there that was a beast on special teams. And then you have Tucker, Tucker Pauly here. And then you also now have Will Phillips from the three-star recruit from Eden off of red shirt. And they also signed, uh, man, Jace Garner out of Moore, who again, again, I just, logic dictates he red shirt. But just watching the man play, it's going to be tough. I'm just going to put that. It's going to be tough because you're talking about a man that runs hard. He's already 210. He runs hard. He runs low. Tremendous balance. Uh, it is, I mean, to me, the, the fact that he literally had almost no offers. <clears throat> excuse me. And about two weeks to go before starting day. To me, it was one of the greatest travesties that I have seen in quite some time here in local recruiting because there, there's no reason playing at the highest level that that should have been the case. Now, and that's UCL's game because I UCL's game, the heck of a running back here. That to me, that and the receivers, pretty deep, they're deep, they're talented. Then, with the addition now of Chandler Gear, moved to tight end some. Uh, so you have now you have you know with him, you have Dante McGee and quietly, quietly here one of the best tight end H backs in the conference. Uh, you have him. You also have Vaughn Alpman. I'm curious to see if they keep him there or not. I think he's still listed as an H back. I could be wrong on the roster. I, I checked that a while back. But uh, and then they, and then you know then they added in the transfer Andrew Kilo from Kansas. And then they also had what six seven freshman Cody Scott out of Ringling, I believe. And then they also have a guy out of I don't think it was four gifts. Two very good looking freshmen. Um, so I think we're good there as well. I think the question mark here um, from an offensive standpoint. Is the offensive line. Now, I know we were banged up there last year. Uh, we, we said we, we should have experience back. Now, we do lose Jacob Blair. Again, we do lose Nick Nick, Nick George there. That's two guys, especially Nick George at center. Um, all conference guys are not easy to replace. And uh, they do have Ben Ralston back. Ben Ralston, again, has filled in quite well at both guard and center over the years. Uh, and then um, I'm looking to see improvements from a uh, sophomore named Grantham, who, was, who played a lot and started some as a true freshman. So, uh, again, I, I, I just, I, I'm hoping we get games because I, I, the, the offense 
Yeah, we said this last year. I fingers crossed with the injury bug does not rear as ugly head again because I I I this off I mean, with this and the Marquise King the offense looking really 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 good. Uh like scary good here. Uh you know and and, and I mean you you we talking about, you know, in terms of slot receivers here, at least in my time covering them, you basically went from JT Looper, again, is still one of the uh, one of the best single seasons I have seen. From any player, in any level, in any position. Uh, because let me tell you, if, if you were not there in that 2017 season, or this man was getting 100 yards in like half a quarter, uh, you missed some. Uh, I mean, it, it, just what this man made at like five seven five eight, the plays he made, the uh, contested catches the man made, uh, just stuff of legends. So you go from him and Josh Crockett, right? You know, Josh Crockett they game was with the Kansas City Chiefs, was with the XFL Dallas Renegades. Uh, so you go from that duo, and then you also had at that time Billy Curry. Uh, that right, there was there was a scary trio really occurring now, entering his secret season for Alu Henderson State. I think he was a uh, All Conference guy last year, over a thousand yards, I believe, double digit touchdowns. Uh, so have a fine senior season. And then you go from that to essentially Dustin Boskis, Mikael Hall, uh, the uh, the duo there that. Um, I kind of came on the left field, especially Dustin Dust Boston. I know he came on strong that year prior because of the, of the injury. Uh, and then Mikhail Hall, again, came on strong about midway through the season there. Great duo. Uh, I, I, tre tre tremendous duo. I had high hopes last year for them as a duo. Then they added in, obviously, Amante Preach Phillips, who I had heard from numerous people around the program telling me he was indeed the real deal. And also Josh Moore. Uh, then, you know, Mikhail Hall got hurt, but Preach was as good as advertised, sans ball security issues. Um, so then you had to do a, a Preach and Justin Boggs. Now, you have, I don't know what, the, 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 the quartet of Preach, Mikhail Hall, Marquise King, Josh Moore, and then the fourth, who I feel like is also a very underrated receiver here. Uh, Dawson Huddleston, Diego Richards. I mean, it, 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 you, I mean the, the rotation at receiver here is going to be spectacular because you have size, you have speed, you have possession guys, you have, I mean, I really feel like, especially if Isaac Beverly has some top-down speed here, uh, we get a lot of home run hitters out there, a lot of home run hitters, and uh, I am, I mean, let me, it, it should be, it, I don't know who, uh, again, is taking the snaps of quarterback, but whoever it is, has got to be jumping for joy right now, because this is uh, truly a great acquisition here, and again, you have to give, I feel like I'm doing enough on the podcast here. We have to give head coach Dimbo Beck and his staff a ton of credit, a, a ton of credit, because the talent they're able to to, to bring in here, uh, the high level guys, and again, I know I continue to stress this, 
Uh, every time I get a chance here, I, I pound the table because, you know, there's a assumption that D2 football is, you know, just a bunch of guys that are too small, too slow, and not good enough for D1. When in fact, it is the opposite. It is the polar opposite. As a matter of fact, there have been plenty of D1 transfers down that have not seen the field actually sort of feel less at the D2 schools and they at their D1 schools. I, I keep pounding the table saying there's good talent down there. And you again, you, you have to give Coach and staff credit because the talent they've brought in, and you look at the past two recruiting classes, the talent, the, 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 talent, the, the, the talent that has been raised, it, it, it is raised, it is, I mean, these are these are these are some D one guys, especially this last year on the defensive front. You can't tell me those are not D one guys. The, those D one guys. Then you look. I, I, I can tell you right now, Preacher's a D one guy. Mikhail Hall's a D, uh, a definitely a, a D one guy. Ozzy Marquise King is. Uh, Roberts is a D one guy. Uh, Link Grantham, he, he definitely was a D1 guy. I believe they have a lineman registered. Uh, uh, Hector Becerra out of Lawton, he was a D1 guy. I, I mean, just talent across the board. And I, I just, the, the bar has been raised. And I, I just, I not give coaches that a lot of enough credit here, but the job they've done on the recruiting trail are uh, really, Really, it is really impressive the fact that he continues to add talent upon talent here. Uh, you know, I know we, we keep we keep waiting for that breakout season that, that's going to happen. I, I always go back to if we just get out to a fast start, I have no doubt that day will come. And uh, I think we got close. I think we got close to that. I think we got closer to that uh, with the acquisition of Marquise King at wide receiver. So. That's gonna do it for me today. I don't know, what, don't know when, when when we will be back, but um, it's a great day. It, it truly was a great day for you for you show football here. I we got we got better, <clears throat> and uh, I hope we have a season because I, I really want I really want to see this team play. I I, I really do, but. Um, that, that's going to do it. So I hope you all are staying safe, staying healthy. Okay, so uh, before we end here, I'm in the process of editing this down. I happen to check social media here, and I need to issue here a correction because I mentioned the name of Monte Pete Phillips a lot when discussing the football part of the podcast. It was brought to my attention on social media here. Uh, that he has needed, he has transferred to um, Davenport University, uh, a G a a G L I A C, which is the Greater Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference uh, school. Um, so I just want to put it out there. He's no longer with UCL football. He is now with Davenport. So I want to wish preach the best of luck. Uh, at his new school. So um, I just want to throw this in here. It, it, this is just, just brought to my attention. So um, there's a correction that Preach apparently is no longer with the UCL football program is instead now 
with Davenport. Um, just wanted to throw that in there uh, before we wrap it up here. So um, I, I, I do apologize for that. Again, I was not aware. I checked social media beforehand just to make sure. And I checked afterwards, and it was uh, it was there. It was there, plain as day. So, uh, so again, uh, just just issuing a correction. And um, back to the end of the podcast. My name is Jonathan Goodall, aka JG Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.